Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Recorded live. <clears throat> well, hey, this is uh, Mike. So I'm going to try to do some reading a little slow. Um, very tired, fatigued. I want to take a nap, but my son comes in about an hour. So, the Great Serpent Mound, the Book of Wonders and Mysteries, and an Electric Guide to the Enigmatic, Enigmatic Effigy and its Parkland Collector's Edition, 2013, by Ross Hamilton. Got a picture of the drawing of the question mark of uh, the Indian Serpent Mound there in Austin, Ohio. And I'm going to try to do the best I can. When the size of Stonehenge, with its two concentric rings, is shown in scale to the size of the Serpent Mound, including the start patterns associated with the Great Serpent, Stonehenge covers the area of the, quote, dipper, and the, quote, part of the Little Dipper, uh, Ursa Minor, I guess that is, User Minor, Ursa Minor, I guess it's U-R-S-A. And then it's got a picture here with the Serpent Mound, and, and then it looks like a Serpent Mound over the Draco, situated between the Big and Little Dipper. And uh, I guess that's the way you could say that could be. Why not? <laughs> Uh, Serpent Mound, an image based upon the both the Romaine and Peterson maps throughout. Table of contents celebrating the uh, Manatu system. Uh, gosh. Uh, uh, above the cover art. Uh, 2013, a year uh, for change and new beginnings. A note of the Adina people, uh, a note on the Adina people, uh, Serpent Mound maps, most notable features of Serpent Mound, true more north orientation, the seven coils, the head and great oval, or oval, oval, yeah, or the egg, I guess. The small triangular mound, the spiral tail, effigies, mysterious origin and present appearance, astronomy of the sky. Now, go back to the Stonehenge. Um, yeah, it uh, looks like they built it or rebuilt it in the 1950s. So, anyways, what they look at today is not something that's thousands of years old. Well, there might have been stones there that were patterned out and represented something like that, but it's what you're what you witness today, the images of Stonehenge, just like so many other things in life, are uh, um, recreations of um, present day, the past, in present day. So, anyways, the effigies, uh, mysterious origin and present appearance, astronomy of the sky, the 
Tobin polar star and its radius, the wisdom of of processions or procession, the astronomy of the land's horizon, the sun and the serpent, the serpent and the moon, the serpent as the universal key uh, to understanding geometry, uh, the elegant serpent, the a possible system of measure, the great serpent as a spiritual lodge, the international, the eternal veil, and the lost of Orenda, and the restoral of medicine, the native prophecy, or excuse me, native prophecy, the serpent as the as an implement of landscape science, a message from the myths, the serpent power, life-giving essence, the serpent seed miracle, physics, metaphysics, and spirit mound impacts crater, which a lot of folks don't believe in craters and that they had something else. And you and I have never witnessed an impact crater, so what do we know? It actually happened. Do we want to know? Uh, or witness it? Probably not. Um, the unusual geology and situation of the Great Serpent, a mysterious discovery beneath the serpent's head, the standing stone, the telluric current, and most sacred conflict, the stone serpent head, guardian of the underworld, unusual facts about the serpent and its region. There's another diagram of the serpent mound, and they had, uh, looks like the right side of the head or eye above the wing, below the egg, pointing north. I guess it's a way of looking at it, certainly. Uh, there's a p- picture of one of my favorite little critters, a hog-nosed snake. I remember having one. Um, I sure do miss uh, them being around. It's hard to find these days. When I was a kid, you could still catch box turtles out in the wild and hog-nosed, and I don't see them anymore. So the baby hog nose, a photo taken by, on the tail of the Serpent Mound, Autumn 2010, by naturalist Larry Henry. About the cover art, and let's see if I can expand this. He knows at 110. The great serpent is viewed by some as the central remnant of a series of great uh, manitus, I guess it's manutus, then it's in brackets, star lodge effigies, dating from a remote period. Well, that's an honest date. This understanding envisions a civilization in North America surpassing, in many respects, the present one due to its harmonic balance between the earth and sky. Uh, The ancient system adopted special uh, fundamentals and architecture to ensure its balance and consistency, and its lodges were dedicated to natural principles utilizing mathematics uh, geometric and astronom- astronomical expression. The ethos of a people often coalesced with the name of the animate spirit, and so 
these ancient sites may have been the lodges of grandmother spider, turtle, owl, bear, etc. It was truly a golden age of architecture. I don't know how you determine that, but it's interesting to say that. Uh, for ancient Ohio, is now held to have boasted an unrelated cosmological organization of erudit, erudely conceived sites. The eruditely uh, conceived sites with their crest jewel achievement between the sacred shrine of the serpent giver of life with its defiliated uh, affiliated uh, lodges contained the remnants of this brilliant cosmology survived for many centuries under the careful watch of our native people However, in just a few decades, beginning in the early 19th century, nearly every mound and stonework became altered, defaced, and destroyed. Because of the serpent survived, because of the serpent survived, we now may begin to reconstruct a period of what was once a literal paradise that, through a remarkable engineering, we are but in the early stages of grasping literally conjoins heaven with earth. One of many wonders and mysteries of the Great Serpent Mound in Ohio is its ignamic ignamic connection to the cube of the of, of Pythagoras, the first Greek philosopher. I think it is for Greek philosophers, huh? And they got the cube, and it's encompassed, and you can encompass a lot of things in the cube. So, but um, and the cube has always been one of those uh, symbols, right? So, uh, the mystery schools and um, touchstone masons, etc. So. Anyways, the, the Greek philosopher uh, Pythagoras is believed to have used the cue to demonstrate how the flat geometry of a hexagram may be interpreted in three dimensions with a simple thickening of certain lines while the hexagram, hexagon is discussed ahead and the, uh, its many uses in uh, mythology and, and uh, sorcery and, and symbolism. You know, the interesting thing about cubes, too, is that there's, you know, the Bible says that there's four corners and that we live on a, like a, well, we, we, we regard this. Uh, there are many uh, folks, including myself, that believe that we don't live on a ball, let's put it that way, and that we live in a plane a plane of existence. We live in a realm as um, the genius. I don't want to say Westinghouse. Well, my, uh, everybody knows who he is. Oh my gosh, Westinghouse. And I am tired. Tesla, duh, Tesla. 
uh, Tesla, in his own words, the, the true genius, the true genius who could give us all free energy from whatever source that he tapped, whatever spirits, whatever, whatever. Of course, it was suppressed by the uh, the oligarchy and the ruling elite of today. And so now we have with an alternative current or whatever it is. We have, uh, well, you know, they needed to make money control energy. Because they don't really don't want you thinking for yourself, and they don't really want you doing for yourself and creating for yourself. Because, you know what, there's a lot of clever folks out there. I'm not one of them, but you are probably, if you are listening to me or uh, can tolerate me. Uh, you probably are a clever fellow or gal. And giving the right opportunity and the right tools, uh, what a truly magical place this would be. But uh, with the pyramidal Roman system or, or, or uh, imperial system that we are under, it's based on Roman, Roman mythology, Roman deceptions, uh, you would have very little opportunity. Anyways, that's my opinion. Don't have to accept it or not. Really doesn't matter. Yeah, I uh Okay, we back to this three dimensions within the simple thickness of the certain lines. While the hexagon is discussed ahead, the great serpent may be seen as extending itself into all three dimensions of the cube, the height and width and depth, and the phenomenon as yet unexplained, except uh, that the arrangement within the cube is with fair accuracy represented upon the park topography topography itself. Serpent mound an image based upon William Romaine's 1987 map that year I was a graduate once again. It mentioned it now. How many times in the past? <clears throat> once again, I get, a la- I get a phone call. Hello? Yes. I did. I did. I did. I I I sent I I I sent the email to you yesterday, but you might have been looking for the wrong person. It was Michael Adams. Yeah. Oh well, I sent it via the email that's in uh, 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 reverbing dot com that you have. So. I have to look at it. Hold on a second. Uh, it's W W yeah Mac McKay at reverbing at net. Oh, well, then it's my fault. Then it's my I apologize. I you know what? Uh. uh yeah, I can do that again. Um, yeah, I really do want to talk to you. You're fast. You seem like a. You know what? You seem actually 
much more interesting than it, even your son, who's very interesting. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to talking to you, especially with your uh, experience with theology and uh, your experience in um, well, Washington, D.C. I mean, you, I imagine you have great, great insights. So. And, um, well, I, I, I am just a guy that lives in Sylvania, Ohio, that has a... Uh, 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 a community call on TalkShoe that does shows and interviews folks that I find that are interesting, and I uh, cover many different topics. It's more of a holistic uh, approach. Uh, it's about my journey. I like uh, interviewing folks that I find that are intriguing, interesting, that have uh, interesting lives, interesting points of view. There is no agenda beyond that. I do recordings so that other people can hear it. Uh, uh, I don't sell anything. I don't make any money. Uh, it's just a, something I do to keep my life interesting. I just leave them on TalkShoe.com, and when I email you again, I'll simply, uh, I'll, I will once again send you the link to the show. Um, It's like a community show. Well, it used to be uh, 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 a community call, so it's it's free access to anybody who wants to do uh, a show, an Internet show. Uh, Lots of folks do interviews and that kind of stuff, uh, different topics and that kind of things, whether it's history or uh, uh, political, whatever. Um, And I started this three years ago, four years ago in my journey, discovering different things. So first focused on a lot about religion. Um, now I'm moving on, although I do find you interesting, and uh, I would love to uh, uh, pick your brain about the East and uh, tying the West and the East and as many different philosophies and uh, religious concepts and other kind of thing as they try to globalize us, if you will. <laughs> but uh, Yeah, I certainly. I, you know what? I uh, certainly can call uh, call you back. I have to call you back via Skype. Uh, you'll have a better reception, anyways. You'll be able to understand me better. Uh, can I call you right? Can I call you back? Now the mobile phone, right? And this is the same one two zero two three seven four. Okay, I'll call you right back, Mr. McKay. Okay, thank you. Bye. Well, there you go. Change plans. Got to be. Got to adapt. Got to try. Got to be. What's got to be? All right. Let's give me a time before my son will keep me going.
Hello. Oh, man. All right, try again. Hello. This is Mr. McKay. Can you hear me? So yes, uh, that'd be great if we could talk about it. Hello, is this uh, Bill, Mr. Uh, McKay? Yep, it is. It's McKay. McKay. My apologies. Uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to talking to you. Do you mind me uh, reading a little bit of your little bio that you have here from uh, Reverb, Reverbing.com? Sure. Okay. Once again, folks, uh, this is William R. Mackay, uh, the father of famous Ian of Mackay, the minor threat. It turns out his, uh, Mr. Mackay uh, uh, <laughs> just might be one of the most interesting people you, you have ever chance to talk to. Uh, it says here, writer, editor, imagineer. I love that, imagineer. That's me. Uh, I am a word man. I like that. Uh, yeah, do you hear the echo on your part? Do you hear an echo, Mr. Mackay? Do I what? Do you hear an echo? No. Okay, good. I hear one on the side, but if, as long as you don't hear it on your side, it's okay. Uh, yes, I'm a word man who can help you discover and tell your story. Or I can tell some other story that you believe needs to be told. We humans learn and remember what we have learned by telling stories. What a profound statement that is. And even a more profound statement here. I have been teaching and telling stories all my life, including 20 years as a reporter and editor of the, at the Washington Post, 15 years as the editor-in-chief executive of Intrust, the magazine for leaders in theological education. My life and work are all of a piece for me. Every day, that's an interesting sentence, and I would love to talk to you about that one. Every day I journey forward into a rapidly changing future, eager to discern and explain what's around the next corner, over the next hill. What a privilege to have, uh, Mr. Mackay. That's great. Uh, but I travel, but as I travel, I am fixed in history as well as my own history, our collective history, and my uh, familiarity with what has gone before as invaluable as an invaluable guide for me. It is something that I can share with you. Every story is unique. I don't recycle. In what I write, and everything I do, is a new creation. And there's an itself is a powerful uh, sentence. Do you want so, uh, do you want something written? 
do you want editorial help with a piece of your writing, a piece you're writing yourself? Do you want someone to explore something that go, that's going on in your world and help you understand it better? Would you like a fresh perspective and a rec- and recommendation on a course of action? I may be the person you want. I'm available by the hour or by the project. Call me and we'll talk about what might be possible. And I find this fascinating. And with your, uh, Mr. Mackay, with your background and your experience, I think you must have an immense amount of wisdom. And I'm not just blowing smoke up your butt. I mean, this is something, you know, you talk about this, uh, you know, journey of, you know, what's around the next corner over the next hill your um to you know understand your reality in your your world i mean this is what my show is all about it's my journey to fail yeah. to share that with folks and uh i wasn't planning it i was going to talk to you about your relationship with your son but i'm discovering wow actually i probably have more in common with you than your son <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, with your experience uh, studying in theology, my previous show, Nothing But the Truth, I focused really heavily on, well, you know, the primary Western religion of uh, uh, Roman Catholicism, uh, the Reformation, Counter-Reformation, its influence in our reality today, you know, yeah. all the different factions and factions and that. But, you know, I, this journey, I'm going to do a little different. And, uh, you know, I have a lot of questions. For you and I hope that you enjoy talking to me and this becomes more than just a twenty minute segment. Well uh, but it'll have to be it'll have to be probably in more than in one segment because you've caught me on a day that I really am committed to an editing project, uh, you know, and I've taken taking a break for it, but I can't talk on and on. I can talk you know, you've done most of the talking so far. Uh, I can talk for 10, 15 minutes, but if you want more than that, and it sounds like you do, we're going to have to make another appointment. Well, I'm hoping we can make a, a series on this. It's turning out to be. But, yeah. you know, first thing I, I want to do is I want to talk to you about, you, if you don't mind, your early days, your childhood days. Uh, you went to Sidewell School, is that correct? I went to what? What's, what uh, Did you go to a Sidewell Oh, child. Sidwell, Sidwell, yes. Sidwell, excuse Sidwell me. Friends, yes. Could you, could, could you tell me, could you share with us a little bit, if you remember, uh, your experience there? I mean, that's, that's kind of a, well, it's kind of a, was it like an Ivy League type of school? I mean, it's kind of a, but for most of us, we're not well, going to have experience like that. So. The Sidwell, Sidwell Friends is a, uh, a Quaker school in Washington, D.C., at the, in the era that I went there, it was somewhat less Quaker than it has been uh, at sometimes more recently. Um, uh, and I also had the experience of revisiting uh, the school because, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, my late wife and I, who were classmates at the Well Friends. No uh, kidding. How long were you married? How long, How long was I married? 
48 yeah. years. Oh, God bless you. That's amazing. Uh, you know, my generation, I'm 49, and it's, it's hard to find anybody to stay married for uh, three weeks, let alone 49. <laughs> That's a wonderful. Well, we had, we, we, we had a, a marriage that was full of conflict, but uh, uh, we did stay married, and, uh, uh, um, uh, you know, until she died. And uh, uh, it was, you know, as we said to each other in the later years of our marriage, we now know each other better than we will and have and longer than we will ever know anybody else. So, you know, we need to make the most of it and which we did. Uh, uh, and, uh, uh, but we met in seventh grade at Sidwell friends and, uh, uh, it was quite a long relationship, longer than the 48 years that we were married. Sure. That's Sidwell, Sidwell Friends, at any rate, was, which was really known, we call it just uh, Friends, uh, but it's more commonly called Sidwell these days. Um, the high school, well, the school, it was an extraordinary school. It was not, it's now become a, a, a school of exceptionally bright kids. We had much more of a mix at the time that... Uh, uh, that my wife and I were there, and but it was it was um, uh, uh, challenging, and some of the my studies there, particularly uh, in English, uh, have enriched me all the rest of my life. We had an absolutely brilliant eleventh grade English teacher, who tenth oh, and eleventh grade, who uh, taught us poetry in a way that. Uh, I have retained the love for poetry and and poetry, you know, that I learned at that time is still deeply embedded in, in my mind. Absolutely. You know, how I see it, uh, Mr. Mackay, is that uh, the, the written language is the true magic of this world. Understanding the written word and expressing it is the greatest power that there actually is, as far as we as men can do share with each other and ideas. Um, so I'm very impressed with that. Um, you know, that's so that, that, that high school wasn't, there's some pretty famous people went there. Is that correct? Well, now not, I would say moderately well-known people did. I suppose who, let me think of the most, famous person that went there. Charles Lindbergh was there briefly. He was probably their most distinguished alumnus. So he was that, not there in the high school. He went to elementary school for a year or two with friends. Ah. Can I ask you a question about uh, your lineage? How many generations, you don't have to answer if you don't want to, but how many generations of Americans do you have in your family? Uh, I don't know exactly. Uh, on my mother's side, um, uh, they go back some distance. Some of her forebears, her, my maternal grandmother uh, was born in Maryland uh, in a family that had been in, uh, in, in Maryland for, for some time. Uh, my father's people, uh, his, both his father and his mother, uh, were born in Nova Scotia, and their forebears came from Scotland. Ah. A lot of Scottish in you, then. That's good. I got that, too. Um, 
Now, the next question would be, if you don't mind, I'm just, I'm getting, I'm trying to go through a little bit of your personal bio, bio before we're, uh, we have some deep conversation. Help me out here. <laughs> Theosophical. Uh, my tongue's not working. Uh, discussion, you know, about religion and theology. That's what I'm trying to get at. Anyways, uh, Stanford, what was your experience in Stanford? So you go from this really nice high school that you get a did you get a full ride a scholarship to Stanford? I mean, what was your experience there? Well, Stanford, that um, was it was you know it came in the middle of my professional career. It was a so-called a mid-career fellowship, uh, and it was it was interesting both as a time to step away from how I'd made been making my living for a number of years and also an opportunity uh, to... What, what uh, were you doing? Some, what were you doing? I was, working with, I was on leave from the Washington Post. I'm, you know, okay. You know, I, I, I was... How old was I when I went to Stanford? 38 or 9, I guess. So I, now I've been working at the Post for, uh, I guess, 10 years when I, I went to Stanford. Okay. Um, and uh, uh, and the point, the work that I did at Stanford was not not degree, excuse me, degree work. It was simply working, uh, auditing courses that I was interested in. So I didn't have to take exams or anything like that. And uh, you know, and I was able to sort of study anything I felt like studying. I you know, including. As I think I said on the phone last night, Chinese religion, which I was, didn't know anything about at that time. I also took a very interesting course on the history of science. Huh. Interesting. So, I mean, was was it like a, when you say we're auditing courses, do you have a fellowship? There was somebody paying for it? I mean, the Washington Post paying yeah, for it? Yeah, I mean, I, just, I spent a year out there, you know, at, at, at the pay on the fellowship was not the same as my salary at the Washington Post, so uh, the newspaper generously made up the difference, so I spent spent a year, you know, pulling down my regular salary and essentially doing nothing except studying whatever I felt like studying. It was a great, you know, great deal. What experience that must have been. What a privilege. That's great. It is at the same time while you have children, huh? I'm sorry. You had you had five children, right? How many? Yeah, my oldest. When we were there, uh, my oldest had left home. She was had gone off to college, but my four younger children were there in graduate school housing with us. Okay, what an experience that must have been. All right. Now, what about Harvard? You had experience there too, right? Yeah. Well, you know, Harvard. Um, what do I say about Harvard? I mean, you know, <laughs> I went, I went with, to Harvard with um, uh, a lot of curiosity, which had been stimulated by my high school experiences, and um, discovered that college-level education was a lot more serious than uh, uh, high school education. Although that had been fairly serious, but uh, I suppose that at Harvard was where I really began to uh, to. Um, I guess that that was where I really came to realize that uh, um, 
study was not so much recapitulating what other people had figured out as it was figuring out yourself from the raw materials, you know, what what made sense. Uh-huh. So kind of finding yourself through the information that was delivered to you and um, yeah, I mean, dev- what, developing you know, some authenticity. I, yeah. And, what, what, and also, I, I, I measured in history, and uh, um, uh, I, the type of history which interested me then and now mainly concerned itself with how how individuals, as best as we could pick them out of the historical record, how they made their way through their lives, you know, what? how did they cope with challenges, uh, you know, what did they do besides just getting up in the morning and going to bed at night? Yeah, the human experience. I definitely am mm-hmm. more interested in that myself. Uh, mm-hmm. it was his history uh, question. Original name for Washington, D.C. was? I beg your pardon? What was the original name of Washington, D.C. before it became Washington, D.C.? I don't have any idea. You don't? I mean, it's... For my, research, mean, it's, my, for my research, it turned out to be, of all things, Rome, Maryland. Could you find that it was what? Rome, Maryland. <laughs> the original really? was Rome, yeah, it was Rome, Maryland. I, I really, uh, religion and history... Uh, Especially with the, with the uh, Western civilization, what we call Western civilization, uh, I'm very interested in so. And the dynamics of uh, uh, settling North America and Western Europe. So, yeah, you know. So, well, I'm, I'm not sure of this original name that you're speaking of. I mean, I think the only settled area in the District of Columbia before it was set apart was the, the Georgetown. Uh, which yeah. you know then became part of uh, uh, the District of Columbia, but was it wasn't Georgetown like the, the actually the first building built in that area? Pretty much. Uh, well, yeah, I mean George Georgetown and Alexandria, which is not no longer in the district. Uh, you know those were existing uh, uh, towns or villages, uh, you know, on the Potomac River where the District of Columbia is now located. Right. But uh, uh, I don't know that there was any other, there were any other place names than, other than Indian place names, perhaps in Maryland. I mean, uh-huh. what where the district exists at this time is uh, is uh, in what was formerly part of Maryland, the part of the district that was was. Um, given over by Virginia was given back to the Virginia in the so-called retrocession sometime early in the early 19th century. Hmm. Interesting. Hey, uh, I want to ask you a question. What would be the most eventful moment you've ever had in your life? I know, I know that's a loaded question, but, uh, Maybe we should just uh, maybe as someone who was oh, it's probably the assassination of John Kennedy. Now, is that true that you were part of the motorcade when that happened? That you were... I was in the I was in the press bus. Yes. What? What? Well, I can, I can only imagine what that must have been like. What a life changing experience that was. Huh? 
but you know, I could ask you this: is how at that time because you know I wasn't born then. <laughs> uh, yeah, and everyone seems to remember sorts of events, certain events like that. Uh, and I imagine you would, of all people. Uh, what what was the impact that you noticed on yourself and on society when that happened? Another loaded question that we could talk hours about, but just you know. Um, I, you know, I think the impact, certainly the impact on, on me was, um, uh, a sudden awareness of how vulnerable, you know, uh, political leaders were and how, you know, how, how a brief life can be. Because you know, part of the shock of the Kennedy assassination uh, was that he appeared to be so young. Yeah, it's just long. You know, long after. You know, and I guess he was somebody. Just one of the somebody. Oh, Charles Bartlett has died. I mean, you know. Kennedy, I guess, would have been, if he'd survived, would now be in his 90s or he'd be 100. But at the time he died, it just, you know, he seemed like he seemed like a kid. He was older than I was, but I thought I was a kid, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, what did you notice uh, as far as the impact of society after that? Did uh, things become more... Uh, I mean, some people feel that things became a little more... Uh, Closed. Um, I don't I mean. Did you well, feel in, in retrospect, um, um, uh, what happened was, and I became aware of this partly because I was doing political coverage uh, at the time. I was working for the Houston Chronicle at the time of the Kennedy assassination. Lyndon Johnson. Uh, became president, and while he did not have the, what do you call it, I don't know, he did not have the uh, the youthful flash that Kennedy had, he was really, he was a person of far more substance. I mean, uh, Johnson is, is a towering and tragic figure, I think. Uh, in, in American history. I mean, he had the promise of being one of our greatest presidents. And uh, uh, because of his own vulnerability uh, uh, and uh, fragile ego, it didn't happen exactly. You know, he got drawn into a war that Kennedy really made for him. And... and uh, uh, couldn't figure out how to get out of it. it must have been but, I mean, look, look at this southerner who changed the whole course of race relations because he knew, you know, that the the existing system was wrong. Right. Well, yeah, there was a lot of uh, people call racism and also, you know, a lot of oppressive elements in this country. It means it's time for some more change. I don't know. Uh, yeah. So, what what experience that must have been? What an experience it must have been at the Washington Post, at the Houston Chronicle. Um, what an experience 
uh, must have been all the way around for you. Now, you know, you were talking about uh, you're interested in how people live their lives day to day and not just get up in the morning and go to work. And it's going close to 20 minutes now. Would you be interested in coming on my show once again like this and talk about how you manage to live day to day in your life? And then we'll tie it in with your theological studies and everything else. But a man of your life experience and what you have seen, witnessed, plus being a father of five, managing to uh, stay married for 48 years, and plus know a woman from high school, your high school sweetheart, I have, I don't know you that well, but what I do know of you, I have the utmost respect. <laughs> I really do. Well... I do. <laughs> and I would love to have you share your life experience and your understanding with me and my audience. And like I said, it's, there's nothing being sold. Uh, there's nothing being, you know, the only gain that that anybody's going to get out of this is some mm-hmm. wisdom and insight. So. Well, I, you know, I certainly uh, enjoy talking and would be happy to talk more with you if I, my time is about up for this particular conversation but um, uh, you know I'm I'm you know game to do some more talking we'll have to play it by ear but um, uh, you know let's see how it, how it, how it plays out absolutely I would love this Mr. McKay uh, I'd love to have you come on and I know you don't know me but you know what uh, maybe sometimes, and you know what I like about this format too, as you know, as a journalist, and uh, you know, um, eh, there's no way of tampering any of this. It's coming straight yeah. from the horse's mouth. So you know what I mean. Uh, there's no way of me manipulating your words and manipulating you, and it's there, and it will be archived. And I, I imagine even those close to you will probably end up enjoying this as an opportunity just oh. to have more insight about a very interesting man you are. Oh, all right. Well, you. Uh, so what I know. do, I I will send you an email and then let's play by ear. Does the email tell me something about you? I mean, you found on my website at least the beginning of my resume, but uh, you know, I, I don't necessarily want to see your resume, but I would like to know something about you. Yeah, I'm. Well, I'll tell you who I am. I'm, I'm a single father, 49, with a five-year-old son that, that I take care of full-time most of the time. I uh, used to be a guy in the railroad, took freight to Chicago from Toledo. Um, uh, I have MS. Uh, <laughs> I'm uh, a man who believes in God. Uh, I have no agendas. I don't have blog any organizations. My only agenda is to know the truth. And really that simple of a guy. Really that simple. What do you do to keep bread on the table? Right now, yeah, how do you make your living? Well, I used to be a train conductor, but since uh, I have now, it's called relapsing remitting, in advanced stages of MS, so I'm on disability. So. Uh, so I I don't. How are you uh, doing with How are you doing with the MS? Are you walking around or not able to now? I can still walk short distances. I can't walk very long. I need to use a cane. Uh, it does affect me with a lot of different things like my bowels and uh, my eyesight and some of my cognitive skills and all that kind of stuff. But uh, that's another reason why I do this show is to, you know, um, 
to keep my mind going. So yeah, yeah. people. So I'm just a, I'm, I'm if anything, Mr. Mackay, I'm just an average guy, just an average Joe, oh. interested in things, and but I want to share that with other people, and so. This is why I do it. I don't do it for anything other than that. There's no money, no nothing. So, uh, sometimes, sometimes it's nice. Fair, to do fair enough. Yeah, sometimes it's, it's good to just do things for the pure motive of uh, learning, growing. Yeah. You know what I mean? With no other motives. Sometimes, you, well, I know from my own personal experience, you learn a lot more that way. <laughs> your, your, your passions and your desires. So. And I hope there's also right. to pass it on to my own son, you know. Yeah, good. So I will. I will Let's talk some more. Yes, please. Maybe uh, this week or next week, sometime, whenever it's convenient for you. And uh, All right. go, go in more depth about things because you truly are an interesting man. <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm, uh, I am who I am. <laughs> but I look for. I look forward to speaking to you again, and when you are. Uh, ready to talk some more, give me a call, and we'll work out a convenient time. Excellent. Thank you, Mr. McKay. Thank you for your time. Sure. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. That was uh, Ian's father. I can't wait to talk to him more about him. He's an interesting man. Wow, an interesting man. Who would ever thought that he was there at the the witnessings, the things that he knows, and the things he probably wouldn't share with us, and everything else in between. William R. Mackay. I'm a word man. You know. Awesome. Looking forward to talk to him. Anyways. Take care and God bless whatever that means to you. And let me get into this. My son should be here any moment. 